Hello, and welcome to Successful Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Seymour. Each month, my co-host and I, Aaron Fennell, track farm equipment trends in the market to help you make better decisions. On today's podcast, we discuss high horsepower row crop tractors and take a hard look at inventory, auction markets, as well as what we see trend lines developing over the next 18 to 24 months. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to Successful Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Seymour, and I could not do this without my very best friend, Aaron Fennell. How you doing, buddy? Terrific, sir. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. So for the for those of you that don't know who I am, I am Casey Seymour. I am the host of the Moving Iron Podcast. I have a company called Moving Iron LLC where I follow the trend lines of what's happening in the in the you know used market space. Uh, I look at basically the economic drivers of the farm equipment business, trying to figure out where the money's coming from and where the money's heading to. And I've got uh, was fortunate enough to be asked to be to do a podcast for successful farming and uh that's that's what we're doing today so aaron give you a little background on yourself bud well i am a lifelong very deeply ingrained tractor geek farmer geek true fact um it's i live it and breathe it and i've been in the machinery business for wow 25 years 25 years quarter century Quarter century. There you go. Twenty five years, and uh, and I'm forty five, so that's it. Should be easier, faster to remember than that. But I think so. Here we are. Yeah. So uh, been in the farm equipment business for twenty five years. In my current role as wholesale manager of a large dealer for thirteen years. So about half that time. Yep. I've been in the strictly used world. Love it. Adore it. It's the only favorite. thing good about a new tractor is it becomes a used tractor. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> as well as combines, planters, all of it. Yep. Um, Casey is also a big reason of why I got into the used side as former co-workers. And I like to think he saw a little something in me that I care about used way more than new. And we, he kind of created a position and the way it went and here we are. So I, uh, in my day to day role, I deal with trading with other dealers, machinery, wholesalers and selling to producers outside of our footprint. Yep. So Aaron kind of really is kind of the internet, internet king of, of used equipment, kind of how I how I put that in there. He he spends a lot of his time on the internet looking at what's going on out there from the from the factor of where are um, where things are moving, what things are moving, keeping in touch with the jockeys and the auctioneers and those kind of things, and understanding what the true you know what the true cash on the barrelhead price of equipment is. So right, uh, if we're going to do this, I mean, from an expert standpoint, I can't think of someone else that probably knows as much as Aaron Fennell does and has contacts in this. So. That's why I wanted to be a part of this deal here. But and it's it's although you know if for the producers listening, it's nothing at all whatsoever like your salesman showing up at your farm, other than the word sales. Right. <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only coincidence with it. And what I find personally humorous about the whole thing is everything about my role of my job is technology, technology, technology. I have to have technology to do it or I'm still on year two 
instead of 13. Right. I'm still mailing stuff across the U.S. Yeah. Um, but what I find personally humorous, and so does Casey, is the tractor geek in me stopped at like 95, yeah. right when the internet came out. Yeah. So my true love of the machinery is the older stuff. Right. Yet, ironically, it takes technology for me to be here. Yeah. So for those of you that know Aaron and talked with him, you'll know that his his favorite tractors were made in the late 80s. Well, the 70s and the 80s yes. were kind of his, his, his cream of crop there. So it's 65 uh, to 95. Yeah. That's a pretty good, pretty good, a good 30 year run. That's right. So he likes black smoke. So yes. That's how it works. I like to steer the tractor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. All right. So kind of what me and Aaron are going to touch on here are um, you can check out my articles with, and that are in successful farming. And I'm going to try to relate these podcasts back to what we talked about, what I talked about in, in the last article. So the last article that I wrote, I uh, hit a lot on what was going on in the row crop tractor market. And the biggest reason I want to talk about that is, as far as I'm concerned, that there's a, there's this adage in the farm equipment business that it doesn't matter how many used tractors you have, it's okay, right? Correct. And the only problem with that is that we've never had an uh, an issue with the not only the number of tractors that we have, but the dollars associated with those tractors. So that's going to be something that I really believe in 2024, going into 2025, that that um, wives' tale, right? Wives' tale is going to tell you. Uh, it's going to get tested. And I think that we're going to see, I, I really believe that we're heading into an era where not only will we have the com, the auction where the big combine, you know, we got 30 or 40 combines at an auction. We're going to have 40 or 50 or 60, you know, row crop tractors getting sold off in one swath. And, and we kind of have, but the, I mean, that's the, good. the end of 22 auction market was kind of that way. It was just cleverly scattered about. Sure. But the, I mean, you have a large portion of the twenty-one and newer tractors that were on auction this fall from a small number of dealers. Yeah, and they they weren't, you know, they you have your onesie twosie estate sale, what have you, you know, that kind of thing. But by and large, as far as the auction market's concerned, everything late model, low hour in the last six months has come off the dealer lot. Sure. But I think the and point why how that's changed yeah. in one year for sure. And to your point, that uh, wife's tail, it's not tested; it's officially dead and gone <laughs> because that's where we're at, and it doesn't matter color. We're right. all in the same boat. And you're exactly right. It's not that there's a hundred row crop tractors; it's that there's a hundred row crop tractors that start with a four or five. Right. Yeah. And so I think what the point I was making about the, the tractor, the auction side of that deal is, yeah, there's been plenty of big auctions where they've had 30 or 40 combines sell and they've had 10 or 15 or 20 tractors sell. The, right. the issue with that was that the, the bulk number of combines and heads that were on those, those sales overshadowed the number of tractors that were there. And it was the storyline was, oh, my God, look at all these combines that were sold. Right. I think we're going to see a sale come up that is 60 tractors and that's the auction. We're going to have, because I do feel like the, the combine side of the auction marketplace will always be there. That's never going away. 
I don't care how good of times it is. Correct. There's combines in every auction, right? I think when you have the... Well, case in point, I have, hard as it is to believe, if you're wearing dealer shoes, after 13 years on this side of the fence, there was one fall. One fall. Combines brought more at auction than I was selling them out the door. Yeah. One fall. Right. So it can happen. Yeah. Just like tractors can be a problem, and that's where we're at. Yeah. And I think this auction cycle that we see here, you'll see the the 20 or 30 combines get sold, but you'll see on that same sale, there'll be 30 or 40 tractors that are in that. I'd be really surprised if we if we didn't see that yeah. in 24. We got to get all... Uh, and not saying those all 60 are from a dealer, but it might be 20 from three. We should get... Very easily. We should get like... Uh, like Zach Hunter from Merritt on here to yeah. kind of give his pitch and the folks over at Big Iron get their get what they're doing over there with with the soul inside of the business and what they're doing. So yeah. that'll be it'll be interesting to watch how those those things come together. So let's set the table here a little bit. We kind of done that a little bit, but into twenty three coming into twenty four, we saw that that auction cycle that we always see that starts in September, goes September, October, November, December. We saw that auction cycle come through. Oddly enough, for as much, you know gloom and doom that was being preached the auction market held up pretty well it did very right. well combine sales for what they were i mean they weren't what they were started out to be but they didn't have the fall that you'd expect them to see no not at all real crop tractors so were just as strong i think at the end of the year as they were mid-year right so they had and there might have been little dips here and there and they might have been off a few percentage points but no they weren't off you know 10 15 20 percent by any means right and the 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 key point there for people listening is it's not the the onesie, twosie, this thing's got, it's 10 years old and has five hours. Right. We're not talking about that. It's the everyday run of the mill. This combine is yeah. just like those 40 other combines next to it. Right. Those didn't fall out of bed. Right. And that is a good feeling. Right. Yep. So when you're looking at how the end of the year felt from what you were feeling from the customer base, and what was actually happening were two entirely different things. Exactly. I mean, very much. Almost night and day different, right? There's a lot of gloom and doom, but there was a heck of a lot of buying. Yeah. Both auction, dealer, retail, wholesale, all of it. Every right. segment had a substantial amount of buying. Right. The very first year of January, we could have just as well sold the stores and done something else. Right. And the day, that Monday, no kidding, after that first week in January, ringing nonstop since yeah and we're, we're not in anything special right. but there's also i've also had guys calling lately like hey you have a lot of such and such are you guys getting aggressive with them right guys no everybody's looking at for a deal right right you know this so what i kind of feel right now, guys guys are are they listen more to what's going on well and there's guys like you telling them what's going on whereas before they just yeah. assume things you know I get this feeling going into right where we're at now. So coming out of 12 into 13, mm-hmm. people were kind of like, yeah, you know, we're, we're expecting to see some downfall. Coming from 12 to 13, 14, though, everybody knew what was happening, right. right? There was no silver lining anywhere. Everybody's like, we're headed, we're headed to a downfall. I don't think we're headed to anything like that, like we saw in 14, where there's just this huge, massive correction in the marketplace that is coming in, in the fact of, we're seeing this thing. I do think between, you know, as we look at, especially we'll use, since we're talking real crowd tractors, what we're seeing happening is 
from 21, 22, 23, I, I should get this term trademarked. It's the scarcity premium, right? Scarcity premium, they got put on everything because, A, they didn't have it. You know, right. if you had it, it was worth whatever. Here's my price. If you don't want it, the next 10 or 15 guys behind you will pay someone. One of those guys is going to pay you that. Right. right. It was almost like houses yeah. in, a, in a metro area. Right. You could get who, who's going to sell it for over asking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you kind of work your way through that. Well, now we're at a point now where the issues that we're seeing, have, I don't think have anything to do with the economy. To your point, Casey, yeah. there was a, I'm going to call it the last six months of 21. No kidding, it was calling about that tractor. Oh, yeah, it'll be in next month. I don't care. What do you got there right now? Well, I got this, and it's this. Okay. Yeah. That's it. That's it, yeah. Like, that was worth that that scarcity premium across the board. I mean, all the way back to 2010 models. Yeah. To the first influx of any technology in today's world. It went all the way back to there, and that premium, even on that old of a tractor, was fifteen twenty, right. and it held all the way up to a twenty yep. twenty twenty model. Yep. And I think what we're seeing here is the easing in pricing that we're seeing, the backlash in pricing that we're seeing. Right. It's not the economy that's driving that. It's that now we have we have a hundred eight R tractors in a dealership now, or a hundred. You know, fifty magnums or something like that right. that are out there. Well, now, and that's what you've find demand catching up with each other. We, you know, just over travels. Everybody's heard the stories. You sure. know, it's it's taken eighteen months to get your green tracks. It's taken right. two years to get your red combine. And right. I drive by that factory, and yeah. they were renting lots to park them because they couldn't get stuff. Right. That was 21, and boy, that was a different time than we're at now where it all showed up at once. And that's just it. It all showed that's up at 21. That's part of the problem right. right now. Yeah. All of your late 21 stuff, eventually it showed up, late 22, early 23. 2022, the year of the used machinery with no hours on it, by right. the way. Yeah. Lots of those Lots of those out there. there. Yeah. All the way through 23, now we're caught up. And it's like three years of trades at once. Yeah. Because it had been so beautifully trickled in and such a glut of buyers to, well, we got 13 guys that want that, those three tractors. Now what? Right. We got to go try to buy them. Can't buy any. Nobody else has it. Right. Yep. And I think that's the that's the, the spectrum that we're playing in right now where somebody gee, opened that gate a little too wide. Yeah. That's and there's also the other thing too when it comes in and you know talking about tractors, there was this sense that you know there wasn't we didn't sell that much between twenty twenty one and twenty two twenty three right and those different order of writing periods right right the problem is we guys went out and sold sold the hell out of stuff right right it just didn't maybe didn't come in when it's supposed to in twenty one to show up at twenty two or it didn't come in in twenty two it showed up at twenty three that first, the first quarter of twenty three, tractors especially, everything just kind of started showing up in that yeah. March, April, May timeframe, and then it just kept coming. And the next thing you know, you're sitting here with a lot full of tractors because you know the new ones here. Get my used one. Here it comes. And here come next year's. And then here comes next year's. And then all of those come in, 
at yeah. the same time. So now all of a sudden, you're sitting here with with lots that are filled up. Theoretically, you got three years of used sitting. Yeah, and it's not. And it, the thing about it too, when you look at the the used tractor market space that I've. This is something we've talked about a million times, but there the gaps in hours that we're seeing. Right. Right. So now you've got you got the new one year old, two year old stuff coming in. That's all. That's been there for a while. You get the three year old stuff. That's kind of similar hour as to what so you see in some of this one two year old stuff, Kim, because when it got delivered, right? Right. It, it might not have been used for three seasons, but it's got two seasons on a three year old tractor type deal. You start looking down and you start really trick trickling down into what those those you know what I would consider to be the hour rangers that would consider a buying group. You know, like, mm-hmm. so you've got the the zero to three hundred hour tractor, you got the three to the, seven, the three to seven, then you got the seven to probably twelve fifty, then twelve fifty to to two twenty five hundred, and then twenty five hundred to five thousand, right? The back side of that, when you're looking at where those things come in at, it's the fifteen hundred hour tractor and the three thousand hour tractor that were that were that were lacking in that in that big that big overall picture because right. There's so much. There's because there are 21s that are on the lot with 700 hours. Right. That's why. That's why. That's exactly why. So now some guy's looking at his his operation, going like, "Okay, I'm ready to update my tractor. So here's my choice. I can take my 3,000 hour tractor and get a 700 hour tractor, or I can take my 3,000 hour tractor and get a 2,200 hour tractor. That's really your choice. Right. So he's looking at like, well, like what what benefit is it me to go down a thousand hours from now? Yep. When I need to be, I keep this tractor for five years, so I need to be getting that thousand hour or that seven hundred hour tractor, or something like that. And those machines are just not—they're not readily available. Well, and, and it's because those machines were the ones that were most affected by when it, you missed premium, missed that whole. Uh, well, in twenty two, when those machines came with no hours on them, you know there was nine months, a year, something like that, where trade cycles got affected because right. you couldn't deliver the new one well that tractor had 1500 hours on it they ran it for a whole nother season yep. they put another whatever it was you know 200 500 hours 700 hours whatever it was they put on it so now your 1500 track 1500 hour tractor now is close to 2000 well and it's not just it's not just and that, that trickled that, all the way down across the board it's not just the hour play it's the dollars involved at 100 percent. because that 700 hour tractor costs more than his new one would have last time around right. the trade difference i'm not right. talking price of tractor i'm talking right. trade, trade difference. difference yeah yeah and if he can find that 15 right two-year-old or even three-year-old most likely two-year-old if he can find that he is going to cry at that trade number sure. because of how astronomically everything has jumped in the last three years or so. Right. Just leapfrogged higher, 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 regardless of segment, regardless of color. It's a nightmare. And that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. So as I guess as I'm looking through all the way to the point of you have so many guys after that that even widen it fifteen to four mark that you get that over five mark, say over six, as long as you know fifty one to fifty nine, it's all five thousand. But you get that six thousand, that is a bigger drop than it was five years ago. Right, hundred percent, yeah, big time. 
Big time. That used to be a honey spot in there. Yeah. That six to ten guy. Yep. There was lots of them out there. Yep. Yep. That's that's the south of the border tractor now. Yep. That's an export. So that brings up the next thing I want to talk about. How twenty four, in my opinion, I think twenty twenty four is going to be a year of of widened export possibilities than we've ever seen before. From the simple fact of think about in the United States where we're at machinery wise. We 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 were lucky to get what we got. If you go talk to some case dealers or deer dealers, something like that, like guys I would talk to, like over in Romania or guys that were in Australia, Australia, yeah, those kind of things, and they were like, "Man, you guys got this many tractors. We got we haven't we forgot they made tractors. Right, and we got one in the last three years. We thought they went back to making used tractors because that's about <laughs> all we can find, you know. So now when I start looking at that from the world supply standpoint, and we're you're seeing this, but the, what we're seeing on the export side of this business is that more and more of this is being geared toward the, the tractors we're talking about. They want, they want that 1500 hour to 3000 hour tractor. They want that 750 hour combine to 1250 hour. Combine. And, and that, that has been guys don't really talk about that that much, but that export world has changed so much in the last 10 years. Yeah. To the point of, it used to be a 10-year-old combine was hard to get rid of because right. it was way too new, way too much money. And it didn't matter if it was Europe, Africa, South America. Right. It was too new at 10 years old. Right Now, that's borderline, uh, yeah. we want something a little better than that. Like, right. Whoa. And it's not just, you know, everybody in the, in the machinery business has all gotten... 30 calls from China a month buying stuff. And, and it's not just them. It's the, you know, the stack loads going south of the sure. border. Yeah. Those guys don't want six seventies. They want seven seventy. Right. You know, yeah. it's like, wow. Yep. They're, they're not buying 1660s no more, man. Yep. Not even 2388s. They yep. want, you know, yep. they're almost in flagship status. Yep. And I think as I'm looking at, as I'm looking at how this is going to play out, to me, I think there's an opportunity to see more of this stuff move international. Now, the biggest problem with stuff going international is that it takes three times as long as you think it's going to take. Be an exporter in yeah. deaf pumps. <laughs> exactly right. That's, yeah. that's who's going to make the yeah. money. Right. Make an aftermarket deaf pump and get into the export business. Right. Exactly. Congratulations, yeah. Your Highness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but as you're looking at that, to me, I mean, that makes the most sense to me that I could see, you could see a big bump in 24 in the export marketplace. Now, all that being said, well, it takes cap. This way, we're also looking. Exactly. But it all takes cap. If there is a bump, and we hope there is. Yeah. That's where it's going. You got to have that capital in place, though, and that's usually the sticking point on that. So one. come on, Canada. Exactly. <laughs> Export's export. That's, come on. that's true. That's right. So as you're looking at the 2024 current inventory, where we're set right now. Yep. Um, if you go back and look at the article that I wrote, we're setting it at about 11,000-ish row crop tractors on the marketplace. Now, all that being said, 10,000 machines got took off between 2021 and 2023. 10,000 machines got taken out of there. It went from like 16-something down to 6,500 or something. 5,000 of those machines got put back on the marketplace. We're up to about 11 and a half. Didn't right? give them enough on trade. I guess not. And I guess as you're looking at this, I'm expecting to see by the end of 24 that we've got, you know, we're we're back to close to 2017 
2017 numbers on the marketplace. Okay. All right. So that if you put another 5,000 on there, you're at 2017, they're like 17 something. Uh, kind of bounce between low 17s and high 16s okay. for about three years. Um, if you're looking at that, if we're at 11,500 now ish and you put another 5,000 ish back on the place, you're sitting back up there at 16 and a half, yeah. 17,000, something like that. So I guess as you're looking at the marketplace right now, looking at just 2024 right now, as you look through the first quarter that we're in right now, May, we're, in, we're recording this uh, January 6th or January 18th, 2024, looking at that first quarter, what are some, what are some of the things you're looking for that are going to tell you one way or the other what happened, what's happening with the marketplace? You mean that we're gonna repeat the seventeen levels? Well, I'm just saying, like, when, like what? Do you, what's gonna happen in the first quarter? That's gonna say, hey, you know what? We're headed at a good spot, or eh, we feel like. Oh, like what? What would be an indicator for me to yeah. cry less at night? Right. Okay. Yeah. A floor in the tractor market, an actual, some kind of a, a rock bottom. Because as we have gone from November, December, January, and two of those months are hot year end, right? Talking to guys from other colors and this and that across the country, it is like in every, sometimes it's week to week. Good case scenario, it's every two weeks that. The, the wholesale market slash auction and an auction. I shouldn't say auction auction is there's so many indicators involving auction right. values that you can't just broad stroke that. Yeah. But I would say from the non mentionable estate sale, right. wipe that out. Right. Take that away. Yeah. Dealer auctions, wholesale activity, Dealers, lots of dealers of all colors across the country doing all kinds of internal stuff. Yeah, your, your standard consignment auction. You know. Right. Every every two weeks, just when you think you got it, it's like a bam, another hit, another hit, another hit. And that is because we're playing with the worst two things we are, lots of numbers, high dollars. Right. And there's only one way that that world goes yep. down. Right. Yeah. And, oh, if I give you this tractor, will you buy it? What interest rate? Well, probably 8%. No. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. right. Is there anything? Right. So that would, my number one thing for me personally to ease my worries would be a floor in the late model tractor. Okay. The secondary thing would be. So, real quick, how would you, how are you going to, how what how, what would you describe as a floor? How would you know that the floor is there? When I have to quit guessing what the wholesale number is on a tractor every single day. Okay. All right. When you think you got everybody else beat, you send out, you get a hold of some guys. Hey, let's do a tractor package. Last week, you were ten cheaper than anybody else, and you know that from reports. Now you're fifteen higher. Yeah. That's a $25,000 swing in a week. Yeah. And granted, on the price of a $400,000 tractor, not a lot of money percentage-wise, but in a farmer's wallet, that's everything. Right. That's us, our wallet. Right. Dealers, everybody. 
That is a big thing. And until you get some kind of some, I don't care if it, I shouldn't even say stone or concrete. I would take a cardboard floor at this point because at right. least you're not free fall. The soft bottom. Yes, the soft, the Casey yeah. Seymour soft bottom. <laughs> Hashtag soft bottom. <laughs> but uh, that would be one. Um, and that I would say that's kind of an industry thing. Very much to me personally and a handful of other guys. And I don't even know what that indicator would be, but. And it's funny to use this word with this market, but some semblance of a healthy chopper market would be good. Not a, and that that sounds a little bit like Christmas list. I understand, but that is that is the market that if it has a floor, you can't see it. And it's historically, right. You have your, if that trade-in isn't gone in a week, oops, right? that's that's the chopper world. Right. You're wrong. You're wrong. Right. You want to sell a new one? Great. You're wrong on the used one. <laughs> that's the chopper world. Right. So something in that, granted, that is, that's a, you know, there's 10 of us in the country. There's 20 indicators that have to be perfect for that to work perfect. Otherwise, it's always the same every year. Because either the all blacks are good and the black and whites are bad or vice versa. And it's never all rosy. Right. Unless there's a drought in the ice states in 2012, then you get rid of everything Everything. insulage related you've ever owned. Everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. We got a John Deere B. Do you have a dozer for that? We'll make one. Yeah. So that, that would be my main things. Combine market. I hate to say it. I'm not real worried about. I'm not either. And and yeah. there's all kinds of used combines out there that start with a six. And I bet if you were to count percentage of the market, more of it's over five. Yep. I, I think on that combine side of, of in 24, look at that. That's the one machine that I, I look at where there's a, a five in front of the sell price or something like that, where I, in my opinion, a producer can look at that and say, I can justify that. I can see, I can do, I can take my whatever to my, my machine to this next machine up. And there's, there's an opportunity there to increase efficiencies or whatever it is. Well, I mean, the the chopper markets that way too, you know, that, you know, the chopper market, but my, my thing with combines contradictory to that would be that. And in a way, and I don't mean this to sound bad to producers that are listening, but in a way, the combine market is just a, the world's biggest shell game. Well, okay, yeah. It is start to finish, Rob Peter to pay Paul and move this over here and do this and do this and do this until you're at the end of the washout cycle. Washout cycle. But that being the case, every dealer, regardless of color, is always doing anything and everything to move combine. 100%. That's just in your brain because you have that sign out by the road. Right. So it kind of takes care of itself just because we're all trained to it. Right. Tractor problems, nobody's trained to. Well, they're, they're, it's. Because they're, they're rare. It's so rare that you have a tractor problem. Right. And if you do, it's, it's a handful. We got too many of this model. 
not we just have too many tractors. But that's the world we're in now. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're talking a farm all to a Steiger, right? A whatever Vario to a thousand series. Their problems. Why I don't think why I don't think the combine is going to be as big of a problem as what we're going to see with the real crop tractor thing is just what you just said. We are as use equipment guys. You're trained to know how many com. You go to anybody and say how many combines you got. I got blah, 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 blah. <laughs> how many blah, 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 I got them all. How many tractors you got? I don't know. You know, look. I need to go look. Right. Them, you know what I mean? Right. It's just one of those things that just. Yep. I don't want to see out of sight, out of mind. And not only how many combines you got, yeah. you know what the breakdown is. Yeah, you know how many of each, each you know, model series, those kind of things you got. My my issue. No, was, nobody ever wonders how many ninety two fifties, yeah, ten ideals or right. X nines they have. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know that. You know I that. promise you know. And I think that the other side of that too is where my thing on on the tractor side is going to be different. Than that is. There's nothing different about how you manage that inventory from anything else, right? Same right. same philosophy, right. same fundamentals, everything else. The biggest issue with that is it's it's so out of sight, out of mind when you when you're looking at it from a management standpoint that when you actually do realize like it's holy too late. holy crap, I got a bunch of stuff. you you're behind the eight ball now. Yep. And I think that's where the ticket twenty four as far as I'm concerned. Is where that's going to start playing in at is that someone's going to wake up one morning going like, holy crap, I've got 50 more X's than I did X tractor than I did the same time last year. Right. When did we get 53 whatever's in our inventory? Yeah. That's the stuff that I'm talking about. Well, and you got to keep in mind to throw a dart at a board for every combine on a farm, there's five tractors. Right. So... Even if there's three tractors, that's still three to one. Right. And that's why something that if you weren't in the business, you could look at and say, well, they only got, well, they have 15 stores. Right. They only have 20 combines. That means they have 21 too many. So, so right. it's, we're, we're back to your point. We're just trained. You got one combine, that's too many. Tractors, we we just don't think that way. And to combat the problems we're at now, those combines are coming in one at a time. Yeah, the tractors are coming five, five at a time. Yeah, three, ten. Because the great thing five, about the eight. greatest thing about the tractor marketplace is that they oh, no matter what's going on in the in the economy, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, tractors sell, tractors sell, tractors update. But your, to your point of that is. I've got five tractors. I'm going to take every three years I update half my fleet, right? So I'm going to do three this time, two next time, three this time next time. And you're doing those all out of of whack. You know what I mean? Yep. So about to. Well, and it's, it's, it's a similar, we had a similar problem. Similar to the 12th problem. Everybody's got money. Everybody wants to buy new. Right. You skip buyer segments again. Which wasn't a problem because you got rid of every tractor that those guys should have bought. They're gone anyway. Right. But they didn't buy it because then it came in a year late from the guy that he was supposed to buy it from anyway. Oh, and he bought new and then he bought new. And now there's 300 tractors all showed up at once. Yeah. Simply because you take a shortage and a delay 
and couple that with jumping segments, yep. it makes that combine. Everybody going from 9600s to 9770s look like a cakewalk. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be, I think 24 will be, I, I anticipate to see at a, at a minimum of 25% decrease in values by the time we're 25, we're, we're 24 started, we're 24 ends in the tractor marketplace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least that much. So yep. we'll do that. All right. Last thing I want to talk about, and we'll shut it down here. Okay. So going through 24, I'm looking into 25 thinking that we're going to continue to see the same thing the first two quarters of the year. And then that third quarter of 25 is the quote unquote new normal. And it's going to have the same look and feel that we saw in 17, 18, 19, as far as how that, how that binds, binds went, you know, like there's not a lot going on. What I call stuff is still moving, but you got to work for it. Right. Yeah. You got to really kind of put deals together. Are you together. a writer yeah. or a salesman? Right. You got to put stuff. We're about out. to find out. All of that being said, the way 24 is starting out, um, there could be enough geopolitical crap. I think we're at 19 out of the 25% also <laughs> here at the 18th day of the yeah. year. Yeah. We, so, we got 350 days to go and we're at halfway of that 25% yeah. here. Yeah. So I think there's enough stuff going on that can keep things shook up. But I, I kind of feel like. Well, it's election year. Don't they always election say year. election years are. They're, it's it's a, it's a toss up. It's a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to have. Right. So as I look at that. I kind of feel that way. That's kind of my thought. Yeah. <laughs> Bigly. Uh, and, you know, you, you're looking at the things that are there. I feel like that's how it's going to play out. Um, you want to you throw in on that? I would agree. Okay. I would agree. Yeah. That 25 might not be enough. I hate to say that out loud, but it feels that way. Yeah. Because there's just. That's why I said at a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. So, as you're, if you were going to give some advice to a producer right now, listen to this podcast, and I'm and I'm going to say uh, you have you have equipment, or are you looking to buy equipment? Are you going to update your equipment? What are you going to do? My advice that I would give to them would be if you if whatever you can get that you can sell right now, I think you should do that, um, and then wait till auction season in the fall and look at at buying stuff that you need to update yes i think that you're gonna have sell now buy later i think if you can do that if you have an extra tractor something like that and you want to update that tractor i think right now is the best time to do that and wait wait till spring or wait till summer you know that june july time frame and start looking to see what stuff look like starts looking like then i mean i'd say that on anything too if, if whatever it is I also know you catch a, a dealer with a boatload of combines in January. They just came in. That's not a bad time to call either. That's a good point, too, looking at what's coming in right now. Versus and and it, that goes to anything. Right? So don't be afraid to just call. Right. See what's happening. If you really want stuff cheap, call me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, but I wouldn't have given that same advice in 23. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been like just if whatever. Do those transactions at the same time? I would have probably told him to rent everything out in January and don't sell a thing. Just right, rent, rent it all out. Watch stupidity rule and right. See you in twenty five. Yeah, that's probably a good point too. All right, man. Probably a good place to stop. 
All right, Aaron, folks want to reach out to you. What's the best place for them to get a hold of you? Well, probably the easiest way. Shoot me a text, 308-760-1193. You can also call me on there. Text is just a little easier. Or uh, catch me on Twitter, at Aaron Fintel, and also on Facebook. Right on, man. All right. I am Casey Seymour. Uh, I am, like I said, the host of the Moving Iron Podcast. You can find me there. Um, listen to the podcast anywhere that you can find podcasts. Check that out. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Uh, you can also go to uh, Snapchat and TikTok at Moving Iron Podcast, as well as I got a YouTube channel you can check out there of all the Moving Iron stuff that I got going on there. Go to my website at movingironllc.com and you can uh, submit questions there, whatever you want to do. And you can also send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Successful Farming Podcast. You can find more information about this topic and other machinery reports at agriculture.com. For Successful Farming, this is Aaron Fennell and Casey Seymour.